It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network is your host, Brady Trent. What's up, Thunder fans? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Brady Trantham, your host and your man for all things Oklahoma City Thunder. It's Tuesday, so we're going to get into some Thunder numbers after we talk about the Thunder's game last night against the Utah Jazz. For the next 30 minutes or so, you'll be so locked on Thunder that you'll have to reposition and replenish yourself. If you don't know who I am, I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Go to thefranchiseok.com for all my Thunder columns and blogs, and I just put out something regarding the locker room snafu last Wednesday following the lost Indiana Pacers. What it could potentially mean moving forward, I asked Billy Donovan some questions, and look for all that in that article on thefranchiseok.com. You can also hear me talking Thunder on the OKC82 podcast, part of the Franchise Podcast Network. I do that with Madison Morris, and on Wednesdays, I do it with Chisholm Holland, and sometimes Madison is able to come along when she's not busy for our weekly show, where we do some Thunder topics, more NBA-wide topics, live from the Press Restaurant on 16th Street in the Plaza District in Oklahoma City. So if you're out and about and you're free and you want to go get something to eat and you want to go talk some hoops, come say hi to us. And the best way to find out about all these podcasts, articles, and whatnot is just to simply follow me on Twitter. It's at BradyDoesSports. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, please feel free to DM me or shoot me a tweet. I'm on my phone all the time, so I'm pretty sure I'll see it. But yeah, just let me know. And also one more franchise plug. This Saturday... Starting at 10 a.m. until noon, we will be doing the Franchise Thunder Insider Show with Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Madison, and myself every single Saturday, pretty much until August. We'll have some random days off. For instance, I believe Oklahoma's playoff game against LSU is on the 28th, which I think is a Saturday, so we'll obviously have that Saturday off. But unless we have prior conflicts, scheduling conflicts, we will be doing the Franchise Thunder Insider Show on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa from 10 a.m. until noon every Saturday. And if you're out of the market, please download Franchise app. Just type in 107.7 The Franchise at your app store. It's free. It's easy to use. Hey, we're going to, we're going to do the basketball show on the radio, and you're out of the market. You can just go ahead and have that downloaded, turn it on, and then you can listen to us talk basketball for two hours. And like I said, it is Tuesday, so we're going to get into some Thunder numbers concerning one Mr. Dennis Schroeder. But before that, let's dive into the Thunder's game against the Utah Jazz last night. 
Holy crap, the Jazz are bad? But no, I don't want to take anything away from the Thunder. The Thunder have played incredible basketball the last two nights. The win two nights ago against Portland and now last night against the Utah Jazz in a game that somewhat competitive in the first half. The Thunder still led throughout most of the first half outside of the very beginning of the game. Third quarter, though, the Thunder... Of all quarters, the Thunder put the foot down on the Utah Jazz on the road, outscoring the Jazz 34-21 in the quarter and outscoring them 19-6 to end out the quarter of the last few minutes. Incredibly played game. And just another example of the continued growth and cohesion with this team. I was actually on pregame on 107.7, the franchise 107.9 Tulsa before the game. And one of the keys to the game for me was just that Shea Gildas-Alexander has to have another good game. He had had two good scoring games in a row. If the Thunder were going to win this game on the road with no Danilo Gallinari, no Terrence Ferguson, and obviously no Hamadou Diallo, the Thunder are going to have to get a scoring punch out of not just one point guard, but maybe two, probably three point guards. And the exact thing happened. I mean, Shea Gillis Alexander got scoring really early, uh, looked extremely confident, um, opened up three or four from the floor. The Jazz actually opened up on a 9-2 run, and Shea Gittles Alexander started scoring, trading buckets with the Jazz, and kept the Thunder afloat and put them into a spot to where when the offense started to gain some momentum and get some rhythm, they weren't coming back from such a hole. Shea Gildas Alexander finished with 20 points and 6 rebounds, 3 assists, just another good game from Shea Gildas Alexander. And now it's three games in a row where he started to look like the player that we saw the first 10 games of the year. Dennis Schroeder led the Thunder uh, in scoring with 27 points, which is just another example of his ability to score off the bench. I mean, over the last five games, Dennis Schroeder's averaged 21 points per game on nearly 17 shots, 50% from the floor, even 44% from the three-point line on just under five attempts a game. He's on one right now. And it allows Chris Paul to be a little bit more methodical when he wants to pick his spots and score, especially from the mid-range. And last night, Utah, just they just decided, nah, we're not going to really do that much from 15 to 19 feet. It kind of makes sense. But of all players to just say, go ahead and shoot from that part of the floor, you let Chris Paul do it. I mean, Chris Paul carved him up in the second quarter in the beginning of the third quarter. Really got the ball rolling for that third quarter explosion by the Thunder. And Stephen Adams didn't necessarily have a huge scoring output, a little bit better than the Portland output. But again, his fifth good game in a row, 11 points, 13 rebounds, and they actually went to him early on and allowed him to gain some confidence against Rudy Gobert. And Steven Adams actually took took the fight to Gobert, bodied him up a few times on, on back-to-back possessions. And that's something that you just have to do if you're the Thunder. You have to manufacture some confidence out of Steven Adams. And that's not to say Steven Adams is a guy that lacks confidence or that he needs the ball to go through the hoop early on, kind of akin to what the Thunder would do with Kendrick Perkins all those years ago. Get him an easy bucket or two to get him engaged offensively so that he can stay playing at a high level on the on the defensive side. But in certain matchups, and especially like the one against Rudy Gobert, I mean, everybody remembers the first game of the year where the Thunder went to Utah and lost 195. Steven Adams had three points and just looked pretty uncomfortable going up against Rudy Gobert. If you can get him into a spot to body Rudy Gobert, go at him pretty strong. And now with him shooting free throws at 75% over the last five games, if you put him into a position with the ball to physically outmatch somebody, and you're not going to physically outmatch Rudy Gobert, but if you get him to a spot where, say, Steven, try and be bigger, try and be more physical, at worst, you get sent to the foul line. And hey, 75% on four attempts a game, that's a vast improvement for where we saw Steven Adams throughout the most of the beginning of this season and even a lot of the second half of last season. Just another good game from Steven Adams, and overall, that's going to be good for the Thunder in the short term, like I always say. But I buried the lead here. The player of this game, Lugens Dort, nine points, 
two rebounds, and most importantly, he wasn't really ever in foul trouble. I got to give it up to Lou Dort, though. He gets his first NBA action Friday night against Minnesota, mainly due to injury. Terrence Ferguson was out. Obviously, no Hamadou Diallo. Deontay Burton was sent to the G League. In comes two-way contract Lou Dort, who I got to see a lot of during Summer League and back in July. I actually had some good thoughts and some good memories of watching him play. Now, I didn't really have an idea if he was ever going to be able to play a lot of meaningful minutes with Thunder, I knew he was bound for the G League, and when he signed his two-way contract, I certainly understood why. He's incredibly gifted athletically. He has a high motor. He's 20 years old. His shot doesn't really need that much work, at least from a an eye test standpoint. There is something to work with there, and because of his physicality, because of his because of his body, he does allow Billy Donovan, when called upon, he does allow Billy Donovan some options, at least defensively. The key for him is just always going to be don't get in foul trouble like you did against Portland. But I did feel bad for him. He gets his first action Friday night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. His second action, go chase Damian Lillard. Ouch. That's going to be hard for some NBA veterans, let alone a two-way contract in Lou Dort. But he did do some nice things defensively. He was able to put Dame into some bad bad spots, force him into some bad shots. And Dame hit his fair share, but Dame also do that much scoring-wise against the Thunder, and it helped the Thunder win the game. But Lou did foul out with some time left in the game. And tonight, he had to go body up Donovan Mitchell, who scored 26 points, but it was on 10 of 25 shooting, and Lou wasn't on Donovan Mitchell every single possession. But Lou had his opportunities against Donovan Mitchell, and in my opinion, he was really impressive. And the thing you've got to be careful with with players like this, young players, and I don't have to tell you guys this, but just in case, the thing you have to be careful with is when you're watching a guy like Lou Dort, your expectations are obviously low. So when he does do something cool, it seems more exciting than if a guy like Hamadou Diallo did it or if a guy like Abdul Nader did it. Speaking of Darius Baisley, he had, he got his first NBA start in place of Danilo Gallinari, who was out with an ankle sprain, but he only had two points and seven rebounds and played 26 minutes. Lou Dort, however, 29 minutes, nine points. A few of those buckets came in the fourth quarter when the Thunder were really putting a bow on this game. They won by 14, but the Thunder's margin was around 20 when the game was in doubt. Now, overall, it's 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 cool for Lou Dort. Um, I will say about Deontay Burton, who I enjoy as a person, and I actually enjoy as a basketball player. I think he does provide something for the Thunder when he is able to go out there. But the fact of the matter is, the reality of it is, he's 26 years old. It's already been out there. The reason why Deontay Burton was suspended for that Friday night game was because he was involved in an altercation in the locker room, which has put him in a position to miss a game and then now be sent down to the G League. I don't even want to say as a punishment. I don't want to insult the blue. But at the end of the day, Deontay Burton loses his opportunity with the Thunder, and now Lou Dort slides into that position to have the opportunity. And thus far, Lou Dort has made plays. He's done well defensively when he's not fouling, and that's going to be the key for him. If he doesn't foul, if he doesn't get in foul trouble, then Billy can play him more, and then his athleticism can help His athleticism can help replace some of the athleticism lost in Hamadou Diallo's injury. Um, you saw that last night against the Jazz where he was able to cut to the basket, and Dennis Schroeder was able to find him for easy dunks. The NBA moves really, really fast, and so... One guy loses an opportunity fairly unfairly. Another guy slides into that spot. And if he's able to run with it, then that position is his until further notice. So kudos to Lou Dort for balling out. 
And before we get into a little bit more Thunder Jazz stuff and Thunder numbers on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, just want to tell you guys about Spotify Wrapped. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at Locked On Thunder on Twitter, at me at Brady Does Sports, and I will do my best to share and retweet it whenever you so choose. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And after the dust settled last night, where do the Thunder find themselves in the NBA rankings of the Western Conference? Oh my goodness, they're 11 and 12 and currently the seventh seed in the Western Conference. The Jazz still sit on top of the Thunder in terms of the standings at 13-11 with the sixth seed. The Rockets, who also just last last night on a Bielitsa prayer of a buzzer beater in Houston, are 15-8 and with the fifth seed. Denver's 14 and 7 with the four seed. The Dallas Mavericks, surprising everybody, but paid attention to Luka Doncic. Whew. The Mavericks sit at 16 and 7 with the three seed. The Clippers, 18 and 7, two seed. And the Los Angeles Lakers are number one in the Western Conference, 21 wins and only three losses. But again, 11 and 12, 23 games into the year. Maybe I undersold this team a little bit. Maybe when I looked at the schedule initially, I said loss, loss, loss when I saw the Golden State Warriors, not knowing that they would be not just in full tank mode, but in full injury mode with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, D'Angelo Russell also missing some time here and there. Maybe I undersold this team a little bit, but it it is interesting. Now, I know that Shams Charania put out on The Athletic earlier yesterday morning that the Thunder, according to some rival GMs, are willing to take on bigger contracts into their cap space in order to receive an asset. So the likelihood that trades will happen grows stronger and stronger with each passing day. December 15th is just a few days away, which is when the league can be traded once again. So I know full well that while this team is developing into a nice little competitive team that could make the playoffs, it could all change at the drop of a hat if Chris Paul is traded or if Dennis Schroeder is traded or if Danilo Gallinari is traded. And, and even if somebody off the bench is traded, like a Nerlens Noel, what cohesion and what chemistry this team has earned since the summer when this team was pretty much put together that's all going to go away. I don't know if it's going to go away for better or for worse in terms of this season, but when tr- if the trades do happen, what the Thunder have been able to accomplish, it's going to take them a little bit longer than to reconnect and build new chemistry with some new faces. But 11 and 12, like the Thunder are in a really awkwardly weird good position. It's weird and awkward because everybody understands and I understand the best case scenario for the Thunder in terms of them getting back to where they had been the last few years is to rebuild, replenish, reposition, however Sam Presti wants to describe it. But in order to do that, you need really good draft assets. You need a high draft pick in order to try and find that guy that can go along with Shea Gildas Alexander or Darius Baisley or whoever the Thunder develop into their next face of the franchise. But at 11 and 12 and fighting for playoff seeding currently as it stands, you're not going to get that draft pick. And I know the Thunder still have a lot of draft picks. They could potentially trade two or three picks plus a player to move up in the draft as a worst-case scenario if they end up just riding this team out for whatever reason. But 
it's a good position because I, like I've said time and time again, and I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. I think it, I think that it is important that players are learning to play basketball or learning new roles or learning new responsibilities in the league in an environment that is winning. Now, if the Thunder are five and twenty because they're sitting Stephen Adams or because they're sitting Danilo Gallinari on back-to-backs, and they're clearly tanking and they're throwing out lineups with Deontay Burton, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, uh, Dennis Schroeder, and it's basically just go out there and learn, everybody. I mean, you're going to lose games, and that's good for drafting. But I mean, what is Darius Baisley learning? What is what is Hamadou Diallo learning in that instance? You know, maybe they get more opportunities out of necessity. But getting more opportunities to just do what comes naturally because you're pretty desperate in a potential lineup like that, in a potential situation like that, you just rely on what you know best. You're not being coached. You're not being taught to play within a system, play within a system that's trying to win in that particular game. I think all those things benefit players more than just, "Eh, go out there and who gives a crap. I know it makes it easier for fans, and trust me, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. And I enjoy that they're losing all these games because at least it gives me the hope that they can get a, a high draft pick that I know they'll screw up anyway. But at least the hope is there. So trust me, when I when I say all these things that conflict with the tanking philosophy, please understand I'm not saying that tanking is wrong. I think the, th- the losses are going to come, and I think the losses will come as a result more so due to trades and the breakup of the team roster. But when until that time comes... The Thunder are a pretty competitive team. They're a team that has shown to beat a lot of the bad teams in the league. Now they've lost games to the Trailblazers twice. They've lost to the Spurs on the road. But they've beaten the Warriors and the Pelicans six in the six times that they played them. They haven't played the Grizzlies yet. They've beaten the Timberwolves. They haven't played the Kings yet or the Suns, but but they'll get Sacramento on the road Wednesday night, and Phoenix is a week later. But thus far, they've beaten the teams worse than them more times than not. And what types of teams beat teams that are worse than them? Good teams. How did the San Antonio Spurs make the playoffs after Tim Duncan retired with a bunch of aged stars mixed with some young guys and LaMarcus Aldridge? It's because they were a well-coached team playing in a well-run system with guys who knew their roles. And well-coached teams beat teams that aren't as well-coached, that aren't as prepared, that don't run systems conducive to winning, that haven't been in situations conducive to winning for some time. Good teams beat those teams. Now, I don't think the Thunder are better than the Jazz or the Rockets, the Nuggets, etc. I think those teams are vastly more talented, have more cohesion over the last few years than the Thunder, but they're right where they should be. They should be hovering anywhere around the 7-10 to 10 mark in the Western Conference. And hypothetically, if this roster stayed the same, I think they probably would make the playoffs. And they would be, frankly, a tough little out for whatever team would play them in the first round, whether it be Dallas, any of the L.A. teams, or if Denver or Houston get on a hot streak at some point in the year. The Thunder are a well-coached team. Credit to Billy Donovan, credit to the Thunder coaching staff, and credit to Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, and Steven Adams, the leaders of this team, for buying in and instilling that system into the younger guys on the team and helping them run this system really well thus far. But rest assured, tanking fans, the losses will come, trades will come. I think it's just only a matter of time at this point. 
And for Thunder Numbers, I already teased who it was about. It's about Dennis Schroeder. But I do want to give you some perspective on just how well he's been playing thus far this season. So I'm going to give you some player side-by-side comparisons. So Spencer Didwitty, who has started the last two or three weeks because of Kyrie Irving's injury. So I don't know how much of a sixth man he's going to be at the end of the day. But thus far, 31% shooting from the three-point line, 43% shooting from the field, 20 points overall. Started to really come on, but again, he's starting because of Kyrie Irving's injury. Eric Gordon, on the other hand, 10 points a game, 29% three-point shooting, 30% from the field. Not good at all, but again, the Rockets keep winning, but they're still individual players are having a little bit of a tough go. Perennial six-man of the year forever until the end of time, Lou Williams, 20 points per game, 36% shooting on on five attempts per game from three, 42% shooting from the field on 16 attempts per game. I mean, he's, he's a starter playing off the bench. And I'm not even going to mention Montrez Harrell because he's a power forward slash center. I wanted to get more of a perspective between guards and ball handlers compared to Dennis Schroeder. But Dennis Schroeder, 16 points per game. So he's obviously not up there with Spencer Didwitty and Lou Williams in terms of scoring. But over the last 10 games, he's averaging over 21 points per game. He's really come on. But just in terms of his season output, the 16 points per game, 32% three-point shooting on four and a half attempts per game. 45% shooting on 14 attempts per game from the floor. I mean, Dennis has really taken the ball and and rolled with it. And I don't know where the inspiration is coming from. I mean, Dennis is a guy who plays hard. He's a guy who plays with high intensity most of the time. But I don't know what Dennis's end game here is. I don't know if he's playing because he wants to show show off how good he is for trade value, but he is getting opportunities and he has helped the Thunder win games, not just with his scoring, but defensively. Now, he's not going to win the sixth man of the year, but he is putting up some pretty nice numbers and I thought it was probably a good chance for me to show him off and compare him to some other comparable six men out there in the NBA. He's like I said, the last 10 games, 20 points per game, 38% shooting from the three-point line on five attempts. And this is what Dennis does. Like he, He's a real streaky shooter in terms of his three-point shooting. He did this last year. He would have five or six games in a row where he would shoot terribly from the three-point line, and then he would wake back up and shoot like he's shooting the last 10 games. But he's helped the Thunder win games. I mean, they, they are 5-5 five and five in those 10 games, but three of those games were against the L.A. teams, that abysmal road loss to Portland, and then that home loss at the Indiana Pacers. So there was some talent on the Thunder schedule, but Dennis Schroeder, when called upon, has helped the Thunder immensely in terms of his scoring output and his ability to spread the floor and keep the defense honest. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Like I always say, everybody, please follow me on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. Not just so you can follow me, but so you guys can get in touch with me, get in contact with me. Let me know any questions you have about the show about the team, of course, uh, moving forward. Uh, just hit me up on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. DM me. I don't care how you get a hold of me. Just let me know. And if you want me to talk about it on the Locked on Thunder podcast, just please let me know, and I'll do my best to make sure that I do that. But also, everybody... 
Thank you once again for listening to the show. Tomorrow is the crossover, and we will be sitting down with a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder Media. I'm not going to say who it is this time. I teased it all last week, I believe, so I just want to make it a surprise. So we've got some good guests lined up in the coming weeks. There are only about 20, 25 of us, and this is an 82-game season, so you might hear some people over and over, but who doesn't want to hear Matty Lee more than once? Who doesn't want to hear John Hamm more than once? I I certainly I love all those guys and gals, so they do a fantastic job, and I'm happy to work alongside them for the most part. But anyway, everybody, thank you for listening to the show, and I'll talk to you again on Wednesday. See you later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.